2: do. Find the strength to see this through.
1: We are the ones who will never be broken. With our final breath, we'll fight to the death.
3: on tonight, uh, Arizona gubernatorial candidate, Carrie Lake, I believe we have her on the line, Uh, so let's open them up and uh, say hello. Thank you very much, Carrie, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
0: I'm doing well, Robert. How are you?
3: Oh, doing great, doing great, doing the special edition here of BARD's Logic. Uh, Let's get straight to it. I know we have got one of the panelists that has some questions as well. Uh, One thing that's uh, developed recently, I've noticed, uh, I'm told Pence has Uh, endorsed your opponent, Karen Robinson, Uh, but I've also noticed half of the liberal uh, news outlets, if you could call them news outlets, uh, such as MSN The Verge, are putting negative uh, articles out against you. Uh, So (laughs) what would I Yeah, yeah, so it would at least appear that the GOP establishment and the liberal media are working together uh, to help your opponent. Uh, Why do you think this is?
0: I think they want to continue the deep state, however you want to call it. They want to continue the swamp. They don't want things to change. And we are all about transformative change in Arizona, America first policies. You know, we we are inspired by President Trump and what he did to wake people up to um, just the lies of of the left. And she's really part of it. My my opponent, my so-called Republican opponent, is a globalist, open borders, frankly closeted liberal and if you look at her voting record you can see it plain and clear and they don't want to have uh, they thought they got rid of president trump and the MAGA movement when they stole that election and now they're finding out no they didn't they actually only made us uh they ticked us off and we're back
3: no certainly i see you did uh get the
0: endorsement by trump
3: now i, I haven't agreed with you know all of his endorsements uh i wish he would have uh, endorse Josh Farnett instead of who he did. We won't mention the other person's name. Uh, but, you know. Oh, I love Josh. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. We've, we've had him on a couple of times, and, you know, I like, like a lot of what he was doing there. And one of the things you mentioned is, is uh, immigration. I know it's one of your, you know, top priorities, of course, being there in Arizona. And one of the things is about, you know, declaring illegal immigration as an invasion. Uh, and how would you use that to protect uh, the Arizona's borders?
0: Well, that's exactly what I'm going to do on day one. After I take the oath of office, I lift my hand from the Bible, we are going to issue a declaration of invasion and exercise our inherent Article One authority, declaring our territory under invasion. We have a sovereign right to secure our own border. It's Article One, Section 10, Clause 3. And let's face it, we are being invaded. The citizens of Arizona are in imminent danger, and there is no time for delay. And I will do everything I can to protect this state and this country, really. And so we're going to send our Arizona National Guard to the border. We're going to have boots on the ground. We're going to stop people from coming across. Right now, people are coming across. And because the Border Patrol is in charge down there, and unfortunately, the illegitimate President Joe Biden is in charge of the Border Patrol, they're not allowed to do anything. They're just having to take these people in and process them. So we're going to stop that from happening. We will step in and prevent people from coming across. And when they do come across and we catch them, we'll send it back over. And we're going to start blowing up the drug tunnels because the cartels have control of our border, 100% operational control of our border. And we're not going to let them continue to funnel tons, thousands and thousands of tons of drugs are coming in every year. Or thousands of pounds, I should say. We're not going to allow that to happen anymore. We're going to destroy their drug tunnels and we'll shoot down their... They're drones, and we will take back control of our border. It's the only way we can, we can get some semblance of law and order in Arizona, and it's going to take a tough governor to do it. And right now we have a weakling. He's a Republican, but he's a rhino, and he's, uh, we call him do-nothing, do nothing Ducey because he's done absolutely <laughs> nothing to protect the people of Arizona. He's, he's a doormat to the cartels, and the people of Arizona are done.
3: Now, what if it's things – I know you've, you've, you've talked about it a lot, but I'd like to hear as well. You've been in the media for about 30 years, and you've lived in that world and pretty much all that – you had been surrounded by liberals. I don't know how you did. but So, you know, and there's been other things out there. We're, we're not going to talk about those uh, tonight. But, you know, tell us why you decided to break away from that world and, you know, run for governor.
0: I had a very successful career as a journalist covering Arizona. 27 years I covered this state. 22, the last 22 years, I was the lead anchor um, and, and brought the, the Fox station where I worked to number one. They weren't in number one. And when I started, we, we quickly moved up to number one and we held that position for 22 years, which is an incredible feat in the very competitive world of local television. And so I had, I was reaching six and a half to 7 million people in my uh, television career. That's how many people watched. And I covered Arizona fairly as an honest journalist. I'm old school. Back when I, you know, learned how to be a journalist, Robert, you you told both sides of the story and you kept your opinion out. Now somewhere along the way they started teaching journalists to be activists and push their opinion and push an ideology. And I really started to see an agenda being pushed during COVID and I thought, wow, the corporate media, there are no good guys. They're all pushing an agenda. And we really saw it when the election corruption was revealed and there was no interest in covering that. And I just realized I didn't want to be part of the corrupt media. I I didn't realize that it was corrupt, but I always felt I could maintain my integrity, but it was getting harder and harder. So I stepped away from my career and my large paycheck. And an amazing thing happened when I put a video out to the people of Arizona explaining why I was leaving, they started reaching out to me and sending me messages and, contacting me saying, oh, my gosh, thank you for being such an honest person all these years. We loved having you cover our state. Would you please consider running for office? And I mean, I'm going to be honest, I never considered running for office. I I always thought it was just a slimy world, politics, and turns out it is. (laughs) But I started to realize that our founding fathers expect us to step forward, especially in tough times. We can't just sit back. You know, if we, if we continue to sit back and do nothing, we're going to continue to get the same type of corrupt politicians, the lobbyists, the lawyers, the political insiders who continue to take power and drive our country into the ground and do nothing for the people. So I decided to run, and a year ago, June 1st, we threw our hat into the ring, and we've been number one since since that day. And we have a huge movement here in Arizona of the people. Who are so excited to finally have a governor who will work for them and we're going to win we just got new polling we've got two new polls out one shows I'm up 14 points another one wow. shows I'm up 11 points we are going to win uh the rhino i'm running against is in a full-on panic she's pouring a million dollars into this she's i'm told she's going to spend 26 million dollars trying to beat me and it's like money being flushed down the toilet
3: well, and that's happening all over the place. Uh, I know people you know, here in Ohio running locally where the establishment, uh, Republican Party, even down to the, uh, the state and county committee uh, positions. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how much the establishment is really pushing those career politicians who've been in there uh, for so
0: long. Yeah. Well, my, my opponent, I mean, Doug Ducey is term-limited out. And my opponent, the rhino I'm running against, is his pick. He hand her, really. And she's very liberal. She was his pick for the Arizona Board of Regents, which is the governing board of our universities. And while she was there, she voted pro-abortion. She voted to give illegal immigrant students a cheaper tuition than American students. She voted against our Second Amendment rights. Uh, During the BLM movement, when our cities were burning and our country was in turmoil, she actually had the gall to say, we've got a history none of us are all that proud of. I mean, this woman is outrageous. At her hockey arena in Colorado, she has those ridiculous transgender bathrooms where instead of saying men and women, it says female identifying restrooms, Um, and she's the top fundraiser to a guy we call the AOC of Arizona. He's the most liberal socialist politician in our state. When he was in Congress, he voted twice to impeach President Trump. And my opponent is his top fundraiser. She's just completely out of touch. She had a chance to vote our kids out of the masks and to, to prevent them from having to get those vaccines against their will. And she sat on her hands and sat the vote out because she's a coward. She wouldn't debate me except for once when she finally got guilted into debating me. And um, we just can't put a coward in the governor's office in a border state like Arizona because she's not strong enough to take on me. She sure as hell isn't strong enough to go after the cartels. And we need somebody who's got fight in them. And I will fight every day for the people of this state. My, my border policy is the strongest border policy this country's ever seen. And we have great policies when it comes to education to make sure our kids are getting a decent, honest education. We have a great policy when it comes to our water issues. We have a policy to deal with chronic street homelessness and restore quality of life for the hardworking, tax-paying people of Arizona who want their streets and parks back. We have the policies, but the disgusting, fake news won't cover the policies. They just want to run disparaging lies about me to try to prevent us from winning because they're so afraid of what will happen when we get a true outsider who can't be bought and can't be blackmailed in office.
3: And again, there's a, there's a lot of outsiders trying to get in, you know, locally here where the establishment is really pushing hard to keep them out. And speaking of and sort of Pence, just a side note about Pence, as I mentioned earlier in the show, how he, you know, endorsed Robson. But one thing as a side note is he uh he was when it came to the pick for for vp for trump uh he was paul ryan's boy he was the one paul ryan wanted uh to pick i'm sure a lot of us uh, folks remember you know paul ryan and, and who and what he was uh but just keep that oh, in yeah. mind uh about pence and uh That's yeah right. was, i forgot about boy, that paul ryan. Yeah, well i
0: should tell you this called. go
3: ahead
0: in the polling we just got back the, the nation's number one pollster Uh, I think he's called the people's pundit. Um, They just did polling and they did some polling after the Ducey and uh, Pence endorsement for my rhino opponent came down and it didn't help her. I benefited more from that than she did, (laughs) which is hilarious. So people are done with the rhinos. The establishment wing of the Republican Party is fading fast. And America first is where we are going and they better jump on or they're going to miss they're going to miss the train altogether. Um, we are moving forward and we're moving forward at hyperspeed, and we're going to start turning things around and preventing Joe Biden from destroying this state. He may be trying to destroy America, but we will not let him take Arizona down. We're going to step forward and, and prevent him from destroying Arizona.
3: And certainly, that's one of the benefits of us being a republic. Uh, even if you have a, a president who's trying to destroy the country as a whole, we still have some states out there uh, that's certainly going to fight against that. And but before we Kelly, in, he's wants, uh have some questions and has some uh, what's after discussion portion of our, our talk tonight okay. is that. And I know you're staunchly pro-life, but he did have a question uh, on your views of Cairo preservation? Upon clinical death. Are you familiar with chiropreservation?
0: No. Oh uh, well, Chiro,
3: Sorry, so what it's preservation. It's where a person after declared clinically dead, they're they're basically put into the cryopreservation which means they're frozen. Their their bodies are put at oh. our temperatures. Yeah, I believe uh, alcohol Yeah, is cryogenic in that does that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Bio, yeah cryogenic.
3: Yeah, some of those call it, yeah, chirogenics pyro, yeah, or chiropreservation. So, I mean, I don't know Yeah, what, if, what about with the it? Uh, yeah, the pro-life, uh, I wonder what your stance was on that.
0: Boy, I haven't thought of that. Is that even an issue, people being frozen well, after they die? it's not an
3: issue, but, you know, what, like, for instance, I know with being pro-life, some, uh, what comes with pro-life is also, uh, you know, end-of-life issues, such as, let's say, for instance, someone that, uh, wants to be cryopreserved or cryogenics, and let's say they're de- um, diagnosed with a terminal illness with uh cryo uh, or chiro preservation, um, the faster you can get to the facility, the more successful uh, it can come.
0: You know, so I, here's the that, deal. You know, I, you know if, if, if you've died and you decide you want to be cremated, buried, cryogenically preserved, that's your business. The, the is, that is that is such a niche issue, and I'm going to be honest, Robert. We've got a wide open sure. border. We have the the cartels in control. They're pumping fentanyl across the country, killing our young people. We have them uh, taking our jobs from our middle class. System is so broken. They're stealing elections from us. Our children are being uh, brainwashed at school, taught inappropriate sexual education and being groomed. We have inflation soaring. People can't afford gas, and they can't afford groceries. We have a despicable withdrawal from Afghanistan that killed 13 of our best, finest, military's finest. I'm not worried about cryogenics right now. I'm going to be honest. That's not on the top of my list. I've got major issues here in Arizona, and we've got to make sure we're saving uh, Arizona from this.
3: No, certainly, and I know it is uh, a an niche issue and bizarre Top priorities, and, and one of the things I'll, you know we like to do here is talk about things that a lot of people aren't, you know, talking about uh, different issues that people aren't, uh, because frankly, everybody's talking about all these, very, and they are very important issues, and that, you know, mm-hmm. that affect a heck of a lot more well, people. I haven't given, than that. I
0: haven't given, um, I haven't given that a lot of thought, and my my time is being spent working with people of Arizona on the issues that are affecting their lives and how can we provide solutions that are common sense and will help every Arizonan. Frankly, whether they're, I don't care if you're Democrat, independent, Republican, my solutions to the problems that we're facing will help every Arizonan. And I I just, you know, I'm not trying to discount that concern, but that's just not even on my uh, top 10, top 10, top 15 list, but I'm happy to look into it.
3: Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't expect that, you know, that it would be, especially, as you said, with everything else going on. If that's a topic I don't hear anyone really talking about, and since there is a facility there in, you know, in Scottsdale, uh, that it would be something interesting to talk about. We do have uh, Kelly on the line here, and he's going to uh, talk about, and I have some questions regarding election integrity, and I know that's certainly one okay. of your top uh, interests. So let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for the Killman show. How are you tonight?
2: Hey, doing great, Miss Lake. I really appreciate you running for governor. I'm so glad when Americans step up like this. I read your uh, parts of your lawsuit against uh, Hobbs, the Secretary of State. Okay. I am very impressed. Yeah, Thank you. I, I'm just, yeah, I'm really impressed. And uh, I read the declaration of Sean Smith, and that's pretty frightening about election integrity. And uh, would you open up some type of investigation or a... Uh, Governor's branch like DeSantos did in Florida He opened up an investigative branch into elections Is that something you would do? And I have another question too
0: I think we should definitely consider that Absolutely I want to, at the end of the day Make sure that we have elections that are so secure And so honest That every single Arizonan goes to bed And knows that whoever wins We trust it, we believe it and the the bigger part of that is we have to have teeth to some of these laws. We can't just pass the day of voting and mail, uh, you know, show ID, you know, um, secure voting, small precincts. We can't just do that without getting rid of the machines because the machines count our vote. And this is why I got involved in that lawsuit because we want to make sure that we know how these machines are working, and they won't, show, they won't tell us how they're working. They're easily corruptible. The components are made by our adversaries. Just a few years ago, the Democrats were talking about how corrupt they are and how they're easily easy to program and cheat with. So we don't want those machines. But we have to have teeth in this legislation, and we have to punish people when there's election fraud. We can't just slap the wrist or ignore it. And so I think we have to seriously look into having um, some sort of a, a – Group that looks at Who is behind this stolen election We get to the bottom of it, we seek justice for it This election, stolen elections Have consequences, severe consequences And we want to make sure That the people who are behind this Corruption are paying the price for that
2: Well good, my next Question is, by the way, I'm a board member Of Watch the Vote USA And I've been working on election integrity For over 10 years And I've also written a book about the grand jury Have you considered Filing a petition under your First Amendment right of petition with a federal grand jury.
0: No, I haven't. How would that How would that look? How would that? It would look
2: very well. It would do two things for you. One is it shows you mean business for election integrity, which you just supported. You know what you're saying. You want, of course. And then number two, if you filed this before the election, it would show that. Anybody who's going to try to cheat you out of an election, uh, they would be quite deterred. And uh, there's a gentleman on a line here, his name's Paul, here before a federal grand jury this week about the same topic in Georgia. And we would be glad to help you do this. Do um, you want to turn it over to Paul and tell him what he's doing? And you can release the name of yeah. Raffensperger. So. Yeah, let's
0: go ahead. Um... I haven't heard of this. Me...
3: Sure, go ahead, Paul, if you're on the line.
1: Yes, you can hear me.
3: Not a little bit. Go ahead.
1: Okay, uh, Madam Governor, you might want to give serious consideration to opening or requesting a grand jury hear your petition as to the evidence that you can bring, which would show fraud and/or theft in one of your most recent. Uh, elections, or you can go all the way back to the presidential election cycle if you'd like. But the bottom Mm -hmm. line with a grand jury, and you have a choice between a federal and your state, your Arizona state grand jury or your local grand juries, uh, any one of which would have jurisdiction to inquire, and once they begin their inquiry, the only thing that would limit their jurisdiction would be where is the evidence leading. So not yes. only could a local grand jury make a statewide inquiry, they could even make an interstate inquiry. Actually, yes. they could make an international inquiry if they're following. Paul
2: is retired. Paul, Paul, I have to tell your credentials. He's a retired judge in Georgia. Former. And he's petitioned grand jury former judge, yes. And he has worked with a group of, that have petitioned the grand jury and they appeared a few weeks ago and they're gonna appear again and it's regarding uh, Raffensburger's wrongdoings.
1: The Secretary of hmm, State okay. of Georgia.
0: In the curling versus Raffensburger case? No ma'am. Or different
1: ones? It's a separate it is a separate uh, criminal inquiry altogether. As a matter of fact, we're going to be looking at – we're going to take the grand jury on a tour of the entire executive department of the state of Georgia.
0: Wow. Well, I'm, I'm happy to look into that. I'll, I'll inquire uh, with my attorneys on that and see what they say, if that's some uh, direction we would want to go. Well, uh, you'll
1: yeah. have to probably give them some time. I, I don't know at the number of lawyers that have heard this and then look me dead in the eye. Man, they didn't teach us that in law school. <laughs> hmm.
0: I, I, well, I I've run to into to
1: a sure number of – uh, yeah, I, 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 see, I,
2: I, I wrote a book about the grand jury. I've been before a grand jury at my request, uh, the right to petition, and it would be a big booster for you in the poll, polls. And secondly, if you did this before the election, and it doesn't have to be complete, you, don't, you just have enough evidence for the grand jury to want to take it up. But it would tell those who want to cheat – uh, it would be a big deterrent. The federal grand jury is looking into what they're doing. You, mm-hmm. it, it may determine the outcome, an honest outcome.
0: Well, our current election is underway right now because unfortunately we have 27 days of voting and it ends on August 2nd. So um, probably wouldn't be able to pull all that together by then. But maybe afterwards, that would be. You know, I want to. I want to get to the bottom of what happens. I want to make sure it never happens again. And whatever we have to do to make sure that we can um, get this evidence out there and and get to the bottom of it, that would be great.
2: I appreciate well, that Robert, suggestion.
0: Would,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a suggestion right now, but I, Robert, I would encourage you to give her my number or Paul's number, and we'd be glad to help you with this. It'd be great. Watch you know, the
1: vote. He, huh? Is that your group? You know, even when you're elected. Oh. As governor, hold you always...
3: Hey, Paul, hold on a second. She was asking about uh, your group, Kelly, Watch the Vote USA. Yeah. In
2: 2012, we were able to reverse the election in the Iowa caucus. We knew ahead of time that Santorum actually was the winner. It wasn't wrong So wrong then. Oh, wow. Okay. well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's us. Um, okay. So, yeah.
0: Okay, well, we'll, well, Robert will share some information with me, and I'm happy to look into that. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we want to do what's most effective. Right, I do
3: thank want you. to uh, be real quick because uh, so I do see the time. And it, it goes by very quickly here uh, on the program. And I, I do want to be mindful uh, and respectful of your time, uh, Carrie. Basically, uh, stated uh, in the email. If you'd be able to spend uh, a half an hour with us. I mean, if you have more time to spend, that's great. If not, uh, oh. you know, we certainly want to respect that. But I do want to give you, uh, if you do have to go, you know, a few minutes for I, any, I, you know,
0: I wish I could stay longer, but we, um, we are actually heading out the door for a campaign event. So um, I was really booked up tonight and wanted to make sure I got on your show. Um, so I have just, I just have three more minutes. So whatever you want to ask me, I'm happy to to answer in that time.
3: Well, yes, yeah, certainly. With the, again, with only having the, the, the three minutes, uh, a little bit less is you know, we'd like to give uh, our guests the opportunity to address anything that they would uh, like to have closing comments okay. or thoughts on uh, prior to them have to go. So you you've got the next couple oh, minutes perfect. to okay. speak on whatever you want.
0: Well, I I think it goes without saying that we're at a real critical time in our history. I think in human history, as well as American history, I believe this is the last election. If we don't get it right and get people in there who are in it for the right reason, who are not in it to, uh, you know, line their pockets, but are truly in it because they love this Republic and we have to save this Republic, then we're in big trouble because we've got serious problems right now. We don't have a border because the border is being overrun by the cartels. They're in control, and we don't have honest elections. And we can't survive as a republic with both of those things going on. So we need to get some strong leaders, and we can't afford to lose another border state to either a liberal or globalist or open borders politician. And I am strong. I am endorsed by the America First movement, including President Trump, Michael Flynn, Mike Lindell, uh, Rick Grinnell, Cash Patel, you name it, uh, Peter Navarro. Uh, I'm also endorsed by the folks who are um, for medical freedom and medical uh, privacy, two things that we lost during COVID. They, that community has endorsed me because I'm going to free people from the outrageous mandates that took away our, our personal freedoms. And I'm also endorsed by the people who are all about seeking Justice and integrity in our elections, including the 2000 Mules folks, the through the vote folks, uh, Greg Phillips, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, and a whole slew of other people who are all about making sure that we preserve our elections. I am going to be a transformative governor in Arizona. and I'm not afraid to take on the federal government. We have to take them on. They have overstepped their bounds and are 't forgotten that we're sovereign. We're not serfs of the federal government. The Constitution supersedes federal statute and we're going back to the Constitution for the solutions to get us out of the mess we're in. I would ask people if they want to know where I stand on the issues to so head over to my website, karylake.com, K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E.com. And I've laid out where I stand on everything from water issues to education, um, to preserving our Western heritage and what makes Arizona unique and special and preventing us from becoming California. I've got a great plan for ending uh, street homelessness. I've got a plan for dealing with our water, and I have plans for our border and election integrity, and I just appreciate your time. People can go there if they want to make a donation. I would appreciate that as well.
3: Well, yeah, thank you very much, uh, Kara. We certainly appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, we want to wish the best for you. Uh, maybe uh, once you are either running for governor or governor itself, we'd love to have you back on uh, the program, and we want to wish uh, you know, luck with the rest of your campaign.
0: Thank you so much, Robert, and I'd love to come back on. Appreciate it.
1: Good luck, Governor. All right,
3: great. Well, you have a good evening, and we uh, no, appreciate it. And Yes, uh, that was uh, Carrie Lake running for the uh, Arizona gubernatorial primary uh, on there. Uh, Yes you mentioned about uh i mean that that's happening a lot here in, in, with the local elections here uh you know which you mentioned earlier uh then you know about citizen you know we're talking about citizen candidates running uh but yeah, it's great to to have her on we you know we'll go uh bring it back to you kelly and we'll, what's your thoughts? Wow,
2: um I would hope she moves to California and becomes a governor here. <laughs> can dream if i want but uh yeah I, this is what the nation needs is more uh men and women like her rise up to the challenge uh solve the problems overcome hold corruption accountable have honest elections deal with the border um uh, if i was in arizona i'd be voting for her.
3: and then paul did you want to add anything to that you know, i've got the uh on a side note, there I do have uh, email information, not to carry directly, but you know to the people who would be able to get her uh, your contact information. We'll see, you know, what happens from there. But go ahead, Paul.
1: Thank you, and I just hope that uh, the vast majority of the listening audience will take the time to inform themselves of the full scope of the power of their grand juries. Thank you, and I'll yield.
3: Well, this was a uh, a special edition of uh, Bard's Logic. Normally we are on uh, Wednesdays live at uh, 10 p.m. Not 10 p.m. It used to be 10 p.m. I switched it because of my work schedule to, uh, to 8 p.m. I'm thinking about changing it back to 9 Because Let me tell you, when I, when I get home from my day job, so to speak, it uh, doesn't give me much time to do the, the show prep uh, that I generally like to do um, prior to a show. So I'm actually considering... Uh, bumping it back an hour uh, starting next week just to, you know, give me more time uh, for preparation. Uh, no, I do preparation prior to right before the show, but hours before the show, but it's still nice to have more time uh, prior to that. And, you know, one thing I want to mention to her about, you know, when she talked about medical freedom, uh, we do have a candidate locally who, uh was supporting what we had here in Ohio called uh, HB 248, which was basically, you know, a freedom against, man you know, vaccine mandates. I mean, that's just to put it plainly. Uh, and then we have uh, an Ohio House of Representatives uh, who wasn't very, wasn't supportive of it. I mean, here we got a, you know, a Republican, you know, a, a Republican not, you know, supporting the you know, freedom of, you know, of the constituents. <laughs> You know, so I mean, we we even have that here uh, in Ohio. Now it's more local. But, I mean, governor's local as well. But I mean, this is again the Ohio House. They're running for the the, the house seat. Uh, so she'd be, you know, we had her on the show a couple of weeks ago, Angela Heimer, uh, who's who's supported the HB 248, or, you know, or that bill, uh, you know. And the, and the primary here uh, uh, next Tuesday is an important day because it's the uh, it's the primary for uh, Ohio, too. They're having uh, – actually, they've had two primaries. This would be the second primary uh, in Ohio because of the yeah, the district mapping and things of that nature um, that they were having some problems with. But, yeah, next Tuesday is going to be a very important date. Well, so Kelly, uh, I know this isn't a, is an abbreviated, uh, you know, show for this evening. Was there anything specific that you want to uh, wanted to go over tonight?
2: Well, yeah, Paul uh, brought to my attention something about an Article Five convention that might happen. An Article Five convention is how amendments come about, and it's been used, of course, in our nation's history. I believe twenty-seven times. And so um, I guess Paul can tell us more about this. And then there'll be some people for an Article Five Convention. There'll be some people against an Article Five Convention. And so Paul, why don't you go ahead and tell what uh, what you told me today about the the latest?
1: Thank you, Kelly. I just learned about that this morning when I discovered the uh, House congressional resolution number 101 uh when i was browsing across the internet and lo and behold apparently three congressmen have finally read the article 5 of the constitution and took the time to check with the clerk of the house to determine if in fact there were uh Unrescinded applications to Congress for a uh, convention of the states under Article 5 and found out that there were. And they introduced a bill called House Congressional Resolution 101. So now that is introduced, and, of course, it will be going through the legislative process And I, quite frankly, I expect uh, by the time it gets to the, uh, by the time it hits the House Judiciary Committee, that's probably where the bottleneck will occur. And Lord only knows how long it will take for that to uh, be enacted into law or maybe even uh, not even enacted. It may die in committee somewhere. But at least uh, Congress is making uh, an effort to comply with the plain language of Article 5. So we will see where that goes.
2: So I'll go ahead and explain what an Article 5 is. I guess I'll just read parts of it from what I understand. Back in 2012, there was talk about this. People got very concerned, Um, wrong people in power. And they could amend the Constitution, get rid of guns, get rid of trial by jury, and get rid of the grand jury, and we as a nation would be toast. Um, Trial by jury protects political reformers. Grand jury also protects political reformers, also holds uh, government officials accountable. Um, And, of course, our guns, Second Amendment, protects all of the other amendments in the Bill of Rights. So I'm getting to Article 5 here in my Constitution um, amendments So congress whenever two-thirds of both houses both houses shall deem it necessary shall propose amendments to this constitution or on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states shall call a convention for proposing amendments so congress is the one who calls for the convention there's two mechanisms for calling it one Congress says, hey, let's call an amendment convention, or when two-thirds of the states petition Congress, then Congress is supposed to facilitate or call the convention, okay? Then they go into the ratification. It takes three-fourths of the several states to ratify after the convention, and then we have an amendment, okay? Okay. Now, there have been multiple attempts going back to even 1964, a balanced budget amendment, and Congress dropped the ball. In other words, states said, hey, enough states said, hey, we want an amendment convention over balanced budget. Congress never facilitated this. So if Congress can call it, then Congress facilitates it, or the states call for it, then Congress is supposed to facilitate it, and then they have not. And there's a group you can look up online. I can't remember the name of the group, but I've been on some of their conference calls. There's been multiple attempts to do this, and Congress just would not facilitate it. And it says both houses, so both the House and the Senate have to call it. Will it be called? I don't know. Um, If you have the right people that go as delegates from the states to the convention, the right people, good people, we could have incredible positive changes if the wrong people, you know, say the powers that be uh, neocons get together with the Socialist Democrats, it's gonna hurt America very badly. So there's quite a bit of controversy over this idea. Um considering we don't know how many people have been legitimately elected, we could have a very bad scenario. We could, you know, if we get the elections straightened out, a few election cycles of good people get in. We call for a convention we, we could have a lot of positive results So Richard Fry Who's an attorney he, he understood the constitution extremely well he, at, Back in 2012 and 13, He was against the idea um, A lot of Ron Paulers wanted it And I was being one of them A big Ron Paul fan But uh, it, it didn't happen back then And um, So but that is a step You know House Resolution 101, gotta go to the Senate Um, We shall see Uh, A good Article 5 Or amendment convention could be You can open carry guns in all 50 states Um, You could, in trial by jury You can bring forth uh, jury nullification As New Hampshire does Um, You could have, in a good uh, Article 5 convention, you could have the right to petition a grand jury directly, that would all be absolute positive. We could have a balanced budget amendment. We could have term limits. We could have a number of good things with an Article Five convention. We could have our worst nightmare, and our country is over. It all depends on who the delegates are. So it's a fascinating thing. Um, Like like Paul mentioned, yes, it's got to go to the House Judicial Committee next, and who knows – it's Democrat-controlled now, but maybe by the time it the the wheels get traction, we could have the midterm elections, and we could have some good people. But the let's see, number of amendments – I said 27. Let's see if I got that right. 25th, 26th, 27th, yep. The 27th Amendment was the last one. It was ratified in 1992, but it was proposed in 1789. Now, isn't that interesting? Proposed on September 25, 1789, ratified on May 7, 1992, certified on May 18, 1992. So it was also ratified by the California State Legislature on July 1, 1992. So it took a long time from once it was proposed (laughs) to when it got approved but the last amendment compensation of members of Congress, no law varying the compensation for the services of the senators and representatives shall take effect until an election so shall have intervened. In other words, you're not raising your salary until another election cycle. So anyway, that's the 27th. Um, what amendments would you guys propose? If it's uh, just a point of discussion, if you will, if you could have uh, one or two amendments to the Constitution. What would you have?
3: Well, that's going to have to take some some thought, Kelly. Uh, let's let bring out so you. You've probably given this more thought than uh, than I have. Uh, at least at least off of the cuff, Paul. So, what what constitutional amendments? I mean, one thing I could think of, but mine one of mine's boring, and that's of course a battle's budget amendment. But uh, <laughs> go, go ahead, Paul, and give me a few minutes to think about that
1: while you're thinking uh, I would make one observation and that is it really does not matter who the convention delegates are or what kind of a uh, what kind of a scheme they might come up with for an amendment to the constitution you have to keep in mind that The final authority, and I'm speaking now in the state of Georgia and Texas, Uh, I think that also applies in Arizona. I'm not that familiar with the other states' grand juries. But you have to keep in mind that once the grand jury issues a special presentment on a matter of public policy, uh, you're going to be hard-pressed to find anybody that will look at a grand jury and tell them, oh, go take a flying leap. We're going to do this. It don't work that way. Uh, Anybody who understands the scope of the power of a grand jury, which has been denominated by the Supreme Court as the conscience of their community, are not likely to go against a grand jury there is a considerable price to be paid if you're wrong in doing so. So even if they send uh, pieces of garbage out to the states for ratification, the first people who need to be looking at it are the grand jurors. And then they decide, yes, this is good law, or no, this is bad law, and we're not going to, Uh, recommend it for ratification, and you're not going to find a state legislature that will go against the grand juries in the state. Now, if I were going to amend anything, I would certainly look to the First Amendment and include. I would leave the language of it as it is, but I would add that the rights of this amendment shall be enforced as to a citizen's right of petition, assembly, and speech before a grand jury. That's about the only language I can see that's even remotely needed, and I yield.
3: What well, of the things, uh, I did get some time to think about it, and it's uh one of the things I was going to bring up carry, uh, but I know we had limited time, so it would take getting into the weeds a little bit. Uh, so hopefully we'll have another opportunity to uh, talk about it. And uh, I'll talk about uh, chiropreservation and her being, you know, pro-life, whereas, you know, with cryopreservation, let me give you a little background. It's basically where someone, is, or chirogenics, chiropreservation, chirogenics is more the general term, more uh, well-known term, you know, and then cryopreservation is more what us uh pretty much call it, at least the ones I've, I've spoke with, they call it. And basically it's where after you're deemed uh, clinically dead, uh, then you go through the process of being cryopreserved, uh, which is they uh, pretty much they, they take the blood out and then they do what's called ventrification, uh, which is they put like a bioantifreeze in your body and things of that nature. So it's a whole process. Uh, to prepare your body for being stored at very low temperatures uh, with the thought of being uh, reanimated, uh, you know, when the technology exists, you know, 50, 100, 200, whatever, years from now. And so one of the best ways to do that is, you know, once upon clinical death, it's best to start that process, the the cooling down the, the temperature of the body process, as quick as possible, and one of the best ways to do that is either to be close or the best-case scenario would be to be actually at the facility. And what I wanted to bring up when it comes to pro-life issues is, you know, right-to-die issues, such as if someone is diagnosed with a terminal illness, should they have the right to be able to end that, uh, end their life in the manner they they so choose? Uh, of course, it would take, uh, be, if it's medical, it might take, some things that are assisted, Uh, maybe were they something that, I mean, if it was in the light of cryopreservation, uh, I guess it would be something that would be assisted because then it's, it's, it's actually better for someone to, um, you know, the process itself would, 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 kill you, but it's actually better to have things done sooner rather than later. So that, again, this is just my thoughts. This isn't any, you know, anyone, you know, official or anything, but, you know that that might be the very best. Now, I do some people who are pro-life are also against uh, against that. And so I wanted to, and, you know, talk more about it with her, but I know that would have been gotten to a lot of weeds, a lot of explanation. Since we did have limited time, and I know there was topics that she want, you know, wanted to discuss, but that's why I mentioned, I mean, here at Barge Logic, we do tend to want to talk about uh, things that a lot of other people don't, you know, talk about. And I, I still think that is still important. Uh, for us to do, and hopefully we'll have an opportunity to uh, speak with her uh, you know, more about it uh, later on when we, when we do have more time. But, of course, I remember when we – if she does become governor, she, I, I can tell you from experience, she's definitely going to be more hard to get a hold of because I remember when we interviewed – and you probably recall this, Kelly uh, – when we interviewed Matt Bevin. We, I mean, we interviewed Matt Bevin uh, three times. Uh, and I know at least one of those times he, he stayed the entire three hours of the show when we were doing a three-hour program. Uh, but then once he became governor, he had to be, it, real quick backtrack, we interviewed him when he was running against Mitch McConnell in the primary, and then we interviewed him while he was running for governor of Kentucky. Uh, now, once he was governor, I mean, I spoke with his communications uh, director numerous occasions uh, trying to get him on the show, and unfortunately, as you know, that never materialized. So well once she, once they get on the become governor, it's gonna be even harder. So maybe uh she wins the primaries, you know, goes towards the general election, we'll be able to have her on and you know, say she does win the governorship, which I do think she has uh a good shot at, you know, who knows, maybe we'll be able to have better luck getting her back on the show then when uh nobody did with Matt Bevin. <laughs> Yep. Well it's she- be interesting to see what happens here.
2: So on Tuesday, <clears throat> the election is over. The primary is over in Arizona. We'll see if Carrie Lake wins this. Uh, I guess that would be the primary. Then she goes up against um, the Democrat for the general election. Um, but we've seen, you know, Tina Peters, they found the algorithm, and uh, she got cheated out of Secretary of State. You see Kelp County, the Democrats were cheating each other until they counted by hand, all the ballots, and they found that somebody switched the vote summary with the Dominion machines. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. Hopefully she has such a huge turnout that they can't cheat, and she'll win the primary, and then she'll probably go on to win the general. But if she doesn't, well, we'll see if she wants to consider the grand jury route. Um, this, I want to throw out some other constitutional ideas off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> you were talking about cryogenics Bodily autonomy Should be absolutely respected You should not have to be taking a vaccine To keep your job Or to go out in public And some will say Well bodily autonomy That applies to, to pro-choice and abortion Well the laws are basically Against somebody else Performing an abortion Not against somebody Wanting to try themselves, of course, that's uh, debatable. But it is complete bodily autonomy, autonomy, my body, my choice, whether I have to have a surgical procedure by force, a vaccine by force, an injection, or a pill by force. That should be one of the top priorities of uh, constitutional amendment. And also, of course, um, it would be nice to throw in that uh, no form of socialism can be uh, use at the federal government. It's up to the states or the local jurisdictions, county or city. And I say that because if you, it's a sta- if there's some states that say, hey, no socialism at the state level. It can only be done at the uh, county or city level. Well, guess what? It won't happen because people that are socialists depend upon this massive river of money from the state or the federal government. When you start using socialism in a voluntary system that a local or state level, or I'm sorry, at a city or county level, there's just not enough money to do it. It would kill socialism. Hey, you can have socialism all you want at the city and the county level, but not at the state or the federal level. That would be a nice amendment. It would kill socialism. It would just kill it because the money's not there at the city and the county to make it work. <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing that people think, the socialists think. There is this vast river of money, just like the Mississippi River, if you've ever crossed it. It's a huge river. Federal government is. It's just a big river of money, and it just doesn't it, – it bankrupts the country. It just doesn't work. But anyway, there's other ideas I'd have that we have I don't have time for. But with uh, the state of Jefferson, some people wrote a constitution. That's 22 counties in California wrote the legislature. They either county supervisors approved it or they took a vote to the people. But 22 counties wrote the legislature and said, we have a declaration here. The declaration is we want out of the state. So some people, I mean, 22 counties were successful, pretty much north of Sacramento. Some Foothill counties like uh, uh, I think it was Amador, El Dorado County, some of these other counties just said, you state legislatures don't represent us. So in the Constitution, somebody put together a constitutional review committee. Any legislative, any legislature proposed at the state level, state of Jefferson, had to go through the constitutional review committee. And if it didn't pass out of the constitutional review committee, guess what? That legislature is dead. That, that the proposed legislation is over. It's dead because it violates the state constitution. It's a really good idea. And there's many ways to improve on the constitution I mean, yes, I mean, it's a very good system, obviously, but there are problems and vulnerabilities that have been taken advantage of. you know term limits would be nice, but anyway, I could ramble a little further what what's your thoughts robert what What federal constitutional amendment would you like to see
3: So that's what I was kind of alluding to, and you guys touched on it as well about the the bodily autonomy I mean, you know, I'm more libertarian, I guess when it comes to things of that nature. I mean, I'm of the mind where, you know, if someone is, you know, you know, terminal and they want to, you know, take means to, you know, end things the way they want, then I I think that's something that at least needs to be explored. I think it might be something uh for people that to, to have the right to do. I mean I got mixed thoughts because some people think, like, Oh well well, if they get a, a cure or this or that or what have you um and I understand those too. It's certainly uh you know a sensitive issue and one that definitely takes a lot of thought and consideration uh but that i mean i think that, that goes all in line with bodily autonomy you know it's, it's it's you know but where it comes to abortion it's not just their body anymore i mean you 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 have a living breathing human being that's inside you and now granted they're breathing liquid through their lungs but would you say that a fish don't breathe um so You know, I mean, the the baby's breathing, they're just breathing in, you know, the liquid for their mom's amniotic fluids, uh, but they're still breathing. You know, their lungs are still working. They're just, you know, breathing in that, you know, this liquid. That's how they get their oxygen, much like how fish uh, get their oxygen. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, I I would think somewhere on the lines of that. And, again, also with the, you know, not have to be forced to take a vaccination,
1: I have a question about touching on that question of abortion, if I may.
3: And that
1: that is, do either of you happen to know how your states handle the concept of constructive trust? To be honest, I do not. Because in Georgia, at the moment of... uh, Uh, At the moment of conception, a new human life begins, and at that same time, a constructive trust attaches to that embryo. So there's more to think about. Can
3: can you define... For people who don't know, to be honest, including myself, what a constructive trust is?
1: Well, a constructive trust is one that is established for the benefit of a third person. And in the case of uh, Conception, the two adult participating partners create a constructive trust at the moment of conception and both of them become legally trustees with legal duties and responsibilities toward the beneficiary, which is the developing child. So there's more to think about than uh, my body, my choice. No, no, I appreciate uh, you you, you, you defining that for us. That is one time when my choice is limited, constitutionally limited. Ordinarily, choice is something you just make freely uh, without much consideration to the ramifications. But this is the one time when you have to consider the constructive trust. That you have just created. Anyway, I'll yield and I'll get out of y'all's hair.
3: Oh, no, you're fine. It's a pleasure. We enjoy uh, having you on the program. Um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, next week we will start again on being uh, back on Wednesday. Uh, I'm, I am thinking about doing it uh, an hour later than we have been. I, I believe next week, next Wednesday, we'll probably talk about a lot about the results you know, of uh, a lot of the primaries uh, that are happening next Tuesday. Uh, I know this week I, I am volunteering for a couple of campaigns, so I'm going to do what I can in the meantime up until uh, the election. So we, we will not be having a our normal Wednesday. Uh, so this week, again, so I'll be helping people to uh, – you know, on on their campaigns, you know, uh, so we we'll, won't we'll be there. But then, of course, after the uh, after the elections, then we'll uh, I'm sure we'll be doing things more frequently here. And then we'll be wor- you know working on getting some more guests on the program uh, for you know a lot of different topics. Of course, you know, won't necessarily be candidates as much, uh, but I'm sure we'll be talking about you know other you know topics that are going to be important, talk about current events, uh, and give our take on it. But so Kelly, before I close anything up for the special edition of tonight's show, uh, was there anything else that you want to close with?
2: Well, um, I'm just once again inspired by Carrie Lake's example and many other people, and we'll see what the primaries yield if some of these neocons <laughs> get removed. That would be great. Mitt Romney was the ultimate neocon. And uh couldn't believe it. You know, His True Colors came out after time. And then Cheney, the senator for, was he from Montana, is that right? Or Wyoming? Liz Cheney? Wyoming. Her true. Wyoming, yeah, coming out. I hope more Americans challenge the rhinos because the liberty-minded Republicans can't get much accomplished unless a lot of these Republican in name only, rhinos, are taken out of office. Um, what kind of agenda do they have? I mean, what's going on behind the scenes? You know, they just, oh, I'm a Republican. That doesn't mean you have the best interests of the country in mind. Um, so, yeah, it's real interesting. Our The world of politics, it's uh, I'm not sure hope more people get involved. It's a lot more fun in sports, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I just I'll just close by saying I'm, I'm very encouraged by Americans all over the country stepping up to the plate. I yield.
3: If some of those uh, are getting in. Um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of them aren't, and we got to get more more there. Else, the establishment. And you know, you know what? I mean, we've been rallying against the establishment since 2012, Kelly. <laughs> so. Uh, anyway, so we'll see everyone uh, next time. Uh, certainly, uh, share the uh, the link tonight if you can uh, look at her website, which I want to tell her, but you know I still want to interrupt her either. Uh, we do have a link to her uh, campaign website here on uh, the BART's Logic Google Talks page here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. So uh, all you gotta do is click where it says uh, more information for Carrie Levine at her website. The campaign website Just click that And that'll take her I'll take you there But it will end tonight As I do every uh, show And that is with The song by Aubrey Ashburn And we will see you next time Thanks again folks And good good night Good night
2: Good night